And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, October 26th. So I can't believe November's almost here. And, you know, November 11th, I'm heading for Japan. I'm really excited to see all that fall color. But I got to tell you that right now, the Seattle Japanese Garden and the Kubota Garden are looking fantastic. So, uh... Uh, you got to go check that out if you get a chance. Hey, I got a great guest today. Before I introduce him, though, as I always do, I want to say hi to everyone I spoke to uh, this week. So I was at the Warm Beach Senior Community. That's over in the Stanwood area. And uh, that was such a fun talk to give. And I'll tell you what, that is. That place is filled with some of the warmest and most friendly people I've ever met in my life. So uh, they do all kinds of rehab there, and they assist all people of they assist people of all levels of financial ability. So it's a it's a really wonderful place. And thanks for having me out. And thanks all you folks who came to hear my talk. Interestingly. The big boss of the whole place won a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt because I said, whoever's got a birthday gets to win it. He was like, no, no, I can't take it. But uh, then I talked him into it. It was pretty easy, I'll tell you what. (laughs) But that was a lot of fun. Hey, uh, hey, I want to thank Nancy who sent me an email because if you heard last week, I got a little stumped. Someone asked me can I put my uh, sweet pea seeds in in the fall? If I do, will they come up in the spring? And I said, oh, no, I think the winter will beat the tweedle out of them. It won't work. Well, uh, Nancy from Olympia sent me an email and said, I do it every year. It works like a champ. I started looking it up. So many places recommend doing that. Plant your sweet peas in the fall. The one thing I'm wondering, I wonder if you could plant regular peas in the fall if they'd come up. Not if you have mice, but otherwise, maybe they will. Okay. Hey, uh, let me see what else I wanted to say. Okay. Now, all of you know that I'm on the steering committee for the wonderful Heronswood Nurse. Nursery. Oh, no, no, that's been a while. The Heronswood Garden. And uh, I think it's becoming one of the best gardens in the United States it is, and the world, really, because I lead garden tours all over the world to see gardens. But what I wanted to tell you is that Haunted Heronswood is going tonight. goes from 5 to 9 o'clock tonight. And so you go around in all those trails in the garden, and there's all kinds of spooky as can be displays. And... Uh, and they do have a beer garden, which you're going to need after having the livid Tweedle scared out of you in there. But uh, interestingly, it thundered and lightning like mad last night. Can you imagine if you were in those trails where all spooky things and started thundering and lightning? I would have been in that beer garden so fast. So, <laughs> all right. So, hey, that goes tonight. And uh, also, just something special I want to let you know about. There's a lecture by a really famous landscape architect named Catherine Gustafson, and uh, she is totally world famous. She's from here, but she also works in London. She's done, she did the uh, landscape around the Eiffel Tower. She's done them all over in New York, in London. She did it for uh, Princess Diane, the memorial 
So she's super famous, but nobody knows her here. So uh, she is given a talk, a special lecture, and this is to support Heronswood Gardens. And um, so she's going to talk all about the garden she's done and her style. She, you know, she's been doing this for uh, 35 years. You'd never know it from looking at her. She looks like a teenager. But uh, now, it it's happening on uh, November 3rd. That's a Sunday. At 2 o'clock, she's speaking. 3 o'clock, we're having a big wine thing where you get to meet her and everything. And it's all in the uh, Bainbridge Island Museum of Art. If you haven't been there, that is the coolest place you'll ever see. There's only one little hitch. It costs 250 bucks. <laughs> hey, but all that money goes to help Heronswood uh, Garden. They're going to keep buying spectacular garden art and put it in the garden. And uh, they have the most beautiful totem artwork right when you drive in. You can't believe it. Made by a, a wonderful Sklalem artist. And as you know, the Sklalem uh, tribe bought Heronswood. And they work together with Dan and others to make this garden spectacular. So it's so cool with this mix of uh, Indian art and um, spectacular rare plants. It's one of the coolest places you'll ever go. So, hey, if you can, if you don't mind spending 250 bucks, you'll see me there. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I just want to let you know that. There's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com, so you can go to that and find out all about it. Decide if you want to go. And you can just walk on the ferry because it's hardly a walk to the Bainbridge Art Museum. Okay, now I finally get to introduce my guest after I've been blabbing away for the whole start of the show. It's Brian Jones horticulturist of the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. So if you've ever gone there and you've seen these amazing gardens, you can't believe you're seeing them. This is the guy that is the whole uh, force behind that. He is a plant expert like you've never met and uh, has just done a fantastic job. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Cisco. So. Well, it's really amazing what you've done there. How long have you worked at uh, Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium? I've been there about 14 years. 14 years. And when did you start deciding to put in these uh, really unusual plantings? Well, I was lucky enough when I first got there to uh, have a few areas they wanted to uh, change. And so they let me have a little bit of uh, money to try some new things. And they liked what they were seeing. So um, that's how it started. Well, it's really cool. And, you know, it's really neat because almost every garden there kind of fits with the types of animals that are in there. Or like the aquarium, you walk over to the aquarium, you think you're underwater when you're walking through that landscape. It's mighty cool. Yeah. So the goal is what we call it a zoological horticulture. So our goal is to try to help enhance the exhibits that the animals are in and give you that sense of where the animals may come from. So when you're talking about like the Pacific Seas Aquarium, which we just opened, there's a bed called the Baja bed. And that bed is reflecting those warm water animals that are around Baja Peninsula down in California area, Mexico. And so the plants that are in the landscape bed have that sort of feel. So a lot of it's about trying to create a feel and a sense of being in a place that's out in the wild. And I really love it. Now, I got to say one thing. You you have a great, over in Point Defiance, you got a great climate over there. I'm not sure everyone can achieve what you've done, 
But you did something right in my neighborhood that blew my mind when I went to John Watts' garden for the first time. And he shows me all these wonderful succulents and cactus going down the the way toward his back garden. And I found out you're the guy that planted that. Yeah, so that was quite fun. So having gone up to the University of Washington to do my master's degree, John was my professor who, one of my professors, who asked me if I could do something like that. So I had a couple other folks that helped me. We put that in. And you know, the thing about it is like gardening, it's all about microclimates and being able to understand where do the plants come from in the wild so that you can have the best success with them in your own garden. Yeah, and you've got them under the eaves there so they don't get too much rain. Absolutely. Did you change the soil? This is right in my neighborhood, by the way, folks. So, uh, Yeah, you guys are live, live close by. Um, yeah, so we did. We used a sandy loam is what we did with a lot of ah, gravel okay. on top. So that's kind of the secret between for those types of plants. And it's, again, it's about looking at how they grow when they in the wild. So that's kind of cool. I like to tell folks, you get your tips from what you see, how you see the plants growing in their native habitat. That is so true. I know that uh, we got to take a break in a second, but we'll come back after that and keep talking. But uh, that's one of the things I've noticed from hiking in the Dolomites, you know, and uh, hiking in a lot of different places in the world. When you see wildflowers growing there, you go, all right, that's a trick to Delphinium. They're in the Dolomite Mountains. you got to add some lime, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, listen, we're going to take a break here. But uh, my guest is Brian Jones, horticulturist of the Port, Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. And uh, we're going to talk more about the interesting gardens there. But if you got a question, just give us a call. And it doesn't have to be about anything. It's just any kind of gardening question. You can relationship questions are all right, too. Hey, Right back. Uh, oh, here's the number one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. We'll be right back after this on ninety seven three Cairo FM. Jones from the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. Hey, but I also want to mention. There's a link to my new uh, my new book right on uh, the front of Cisco.com. And somewhere on here, I don't see it yet, but somewhere up here, there is a link to uh, the last time I was on New Day on King 5 TV. That was last Monday. It was on my birthday. They gave me the funniest cake I've ever seen. So you might want to check that out. You could also... Learn a lot about plant garlic while you watch it because that's what I talked about. So uh, now I want to let everybody know there's also a link to the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium on the front page of Cisco.com. And there's a link to uh, what it says, Fascinating Tour, and these are led by Brian. So uh, you lead quite a few tours of the of the gardens at the zoo, Right. I do. There's so many different stories to tell about plants. And so we lead a different tour every first Sunday of every month. So the next month it'll be on urban giants. We're going to talk everything about trees and take a look at the ones we have around on grounds. And then on other tours, we might look at things like plant journeys. Where do plants come from around the world? Because that's pretty cool to know that plants come. It is really fun to know that. Yeah. So, and then we'll look at plants that are um, what we call living fossils. 
like ginkgo trees and oh, yeah. araucaria, things that uh, plants that lived long ago but are still with us today. So there's so many different things that we'll we'll walk around grounds and look at the plants. That's what I noticed walking around with you. There's a story for every plant. There sure is. <laughs> but gosh, they're really interesting. So have you had pretty much success with most of the plants? You've used like some of these big agaves that you've got planted out there. And- Good question. So every once in a while, we, we find out that it's not working so well. But most of the time, they work out pretty well. The agaves in particular, if we are able to change the stuff and make our soils right, plant them in the right place, things work. But I did have one plant in particular that took over 15 tries to get it right. But you so got it. We got it. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> you are a plant nerd. Absolutely. So. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so fun, though, you know. And um, so, you know, I think it's interesting. I was really surprised when you told me you use the sandy loam. You're not pu- putting in pure sand or cactus soil in these beds. No, yeah. Sandy loam has been uh, worked pretty well for us in, in most any situation. Of course, you know where it comes from, who you buy it from might be a little different from place to place. But we mound it for things like the desert plants and other plants that we, again, look at where do the plants grow, come from in the wild and try to get a little bit of a clue as to how they might be successful in our own garden, so at the zoo. But what amazes me and what has killed so many, because I've tried agaves in my garden and uh, a number of different succulents, and uh, what seems to kill them is that darn rain. Rain, 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 all winter long. The cold, a lot of them are hardy as a rock, you know, because they come from really cold climates. Yeah, the trick with rain. Yeah, a trick with some of the agaves is to sometimes put them on a slope, put them on a tilt, and that way the water comes. Well, the water comes out of the crown of the plant. So um, that's one little trick there. And also, good trick, as you often say, keep the roots dry. What happens down below, you know, can be a big factor. So that's the tip there. The agaves are a little bit more of a sensitive plant. Amazing enough, some of the cacti that we have at the zoo are much more hardy as far as being able to uh, survive a little bit further away from the water in in some of the other microclimates we have around the Puget Sound. Have you ever been to that guy's garden over in um, Yakima? I have, Ron. Ron. And uh, so I've got about 8 million of his plants. (laughs) Oh, man, I just, can I have one of those? He was being so uh, gracious with giving me plants. But uh, I've slowly but surely learned which one's in pots because my soil's not going to work for that, you know. But in pots, quite a number of them do survive outside in my garden, which is nice because I don't have to cram in that jungle of a garage of mine, you know. Yeah, no, we've got several of the plants from Ron as well, and the plants have done quite well. The thing about cacti that's so cool, and we it's stories that we tell us about pollinators, and so when the plants flower, cacti have some of the most spectacular flowers oh, out there, and yeah. they attract the bees like oh, mad. They're huge. Some of those flowers like cacti are so big. Yeah. You know what I remember? I got this one. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. And um, so I sent out this gigantic flower spike and then a big bud. And I'm so excited to see what it is. So I'm thinking any day it's going to open. I go to the store. I come back. The show is over. The flower flowered for four hours. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want to waste energy. Yeah, cacti oftentimes will have a flower, it'll open on one day, and then it's gone, and it's closed. So amazing. So it's pretty amazing. 
And like I was saying, with the cacti and a lot of the stuff that we're doing with the plants at the zoo, we're telling stories. So pollinators is a big story we do with the birds, the bees, the butterflies. That's we, what you do a tour on that. We do. We even have a pollinator garden at the garden as well as just the entire grounds. This time of year oh, and almost all year round. garden. Hummingbirds are all over oh, the place. Gosh, yeah. And you and and it's it's not only cactus and succulents you have. You have all kinds of incredible perennials in between them. People won't see too many of them now because we're you're getting ready for the big light show over there. Yeah, but uh, I can only imagine you probably have to wear a hard hat to come visit the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are getting ready for zoo lights, so we're seeing a lot of the uh, plants or have lights being put on them right now, and that's a really neat event during December. That's really neat. I've been there. And uh, also you told me that, that you have eight wolf pups. Is it eight? Yeah, there's eight wolf pups that were born this spring. And I saw them. They're so cute. Oh, my God. Well, and like I told you, they all have, they all have plant names. So, so they're named like Camellia and Myrtle and Willow. So that's pretty cool. Who came cool. up with that? I think the keepers did, and maybe the public was involved as well. But there are plants that are from the southeast, which is where the red wolf was native to. So Wow. Well, okay. And uh, so, I, by the way, I got to say, everybody that works at the zoo loves your work. Everywhere Thank I you. went, they're just like, uh, just saying how lucky they are to have you. And they are. All right. Now, Listen. We're about to go to the news here. Miley's going to come back and uh, let you know what's going on out there in in our area. And then when we come back, we got a couple of uh, phone calls. So uh, Brian's going to help me solve these questions. And uh, we, there's no way on earth we could be stumped. No way. All right. Hey, we'll be right back. 97.3 Cairo FM. So after hearing that talk about uh, not smooching your chickens and everything so you don't get salmonella, thank God dogs don't get that. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I'd be in big trouble. Okay. Hey, listen, we're going to go to the phones and talk to Chris and Seabeck. Chris, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Cisco. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Thanks. What you got going? I enjoy listening to your show. You're I enjoy listening to your show. You're very entertaining, and I just get a kick out of it. So thank you very much for coming on every week. Oh, la, la. Thank you well, for that. <laughs> what you got going on? My favorite part of your ooh, la, la. Well, I'm trying to grow some monkey puzzle trees from seed, and uh, they've been in the dirt like three-quarters of the way into the dirt, like the instruction said, for about a month and month and a half now, and I don't see anything. I'm keeping the soil damp. And I'm just wondering if I need to buy new seeds or what's the I don't. I don't think so. I think what you got to do, those come from the high mountains. They come from the uh, Indies down in Chile. I've hiked in one of the only Araucaria or uh, uh, monkey puzzle tree uh, big forests left on earth. And uh, it's kind of a funny story because an animal ate all our – we got lost – an animal ate all our food. It was just my wife, Mary, and I. Our tent collapsed under the deepest snowstorm you've ever seen. And when I finally got to a town, I started kissing the door at a restaurant. And the woman didn't want to let me in because she thought I was crazy. But other than that, so, hey, that, those seeds got to go through the winter out there. 
They got to get the livid tweedle beat out of them so that it breaks that seat coat on there. And then I think you'll see it start growing in the spring. Have you ever tried growing oh, so any? I put them outside? I can't. Yeah, did you buy those seeds or did you just get them off another uh, uh, monkey puzzle tree? I bought them and uh, I just put them in some soil on my windowsill in the house. So I should put them outside, huh? Oh, put them outside. Plant them. Plant it about three times as well, deep as it is wide. And I think well, you'll... I actually did put them... Go ahead. Oh, you know what I would do? And uh, Brian's got a suggestion, too. I'd put it in a peat pot, and I would plant it about three times as deep as it is wide in seeding soil that you could buy at the nursery and leave it out all winter. I, I can almost guarantee you'll maybe see it come back up in the spring. Brian, you got a suggestion? Well, yeah. So um, I've had pretty good luck with those in the past, and maybe it's a little different than as Cisco was saying. I've been able to take the seeds— and just poke them into the ground, which almost where they're bare, t- completely pushed in, because yeah, they're kind of spear-shaped anyways. Okay. And then as long as the darn little squirrels and things that oh. love those don't pull them out, then I see little tiny monkey puzzles come up oh, cool. in the spring. So, yeah. So maybe cover them with chicken wire or something. Yeah, you might even have to put something underneath them, too. So you'll just have to decide yeah, what the uh, if the squirrels or others are going to get to them, because they're tasty from what uh, I've seen. Okay, so... So, hey, so Brian's done it successfully. Yeah. I will do that with the chicken wire because I, when I had the peat pots outside, the stellar days came down and popped them right out of the ground and flew away. They had dinner. Put it, put it in a uh, dome. Make it a dome of chicken wire so that they can't even get to the ground. And, uh, and boy, stake it in good. Those squirrels are so determined to get what they want, you know. But, uh, hey, well, that's oh, cool. Yeah. That's really fun. You're growing those uh, monkey puzzle trees. They are so cool looking. You've got a bunch over at the zoo. We do, and monkey puzzle trees are one of the endangered trees in the world. And as you said, you hiked in one of those forests that's left down in Chile. And so yeah. it's a story that we talk about. So that's pretty cool that you're giving that a try. Yeah, really neat. So, Chris, good luck. Let me know how it goes next year. But I'm telling you, watch out for those squirrels. They're tough. You're going to have to fight like mad to beat them. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Cisco. Have a great day. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much for the call. Bye. Okay. A, 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 a quick question for you, Brian, is that I remember Megan and I shot TV down there at the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. It was so fun. In fact, we even rode around on so many animals. I think it was a camel at the end. And, uh, oh, we had so much fun. But I was feeding the elephants out of my hand. You grew those plants they were eating. Is that true? Yeah, so we grow plants, and if we feed it to the animals, we call it browse. And if we play with it, it's, uh, we use it as a uh, enrichment. And so a lot of the animals, especially in, in uh, Asia, so where we have – like we have a taper. We even have a taper baby, which is really cool. Kazu oh. and his mom, Yuna. Oh. So um, cute as can be. But we feed mulberry, willow, banana leaves. They all oh. go to the uh, animals. And there's a garden that the keepers can harvest from on their own. Oh, cool. But you grow them and they harvest. They do. Wow. And so you got to keep those growing like mad. Huh? We do. So very popular, tasty. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, when I, I'm pretty sure it was banana leaves I was feeding to the elephants, but I'm not sure. I bet you they were. But, they were probably the Musa Bajo. 
I'll tell you one thing. I was so happy when I pulled my arm back and my hand was still on the end. <laughs> oh, la, la. All right. Hey, we're uh, – should I should I take a break and all right we're gonna take a break Janet you hang on down in Renton I promise uh, Brian and I will not be stumped no matter what we'll answer your question on ninety seven three Cairo FM. Hey, and thanks so much for tuning in today. And it uh, looks like it's going to be a nice day today. So a great day to go to uh, Haunted Heronswood tonight. So, And by the way, they got uh, food and drinks for all ages in the beer tent. So your kids get to go in there with you. You don't have to leave them out in the spooky trail somewhere. <laughs> that goes from 5 to 9 tonight. Hey, uh, so Brian Jones, horticulturist of the uh, Point to Find Zoo and Aquarium is here with me, and uh, you got to go see those gardens and go see their light display because it is fantastic. Yeah, Zoo Lights is very popular, so if you have a chance, check yeah. it out. Really the fun. two best displays are the Bellevue Botanical Garden and the uh, Point to Find Zoo. Both of them are really, they're very different than each other, but they're both really, really great. And uh, so they they actually march around and put lights on a lot of your plants. Does that drive you nuts or are you okay with that? No, it's it's okay. <laughs> but it is that time of year where they're you're, they're decorating basically every bush out there. It's but amazing. it's, like you said, very spectacular. And then oh. we have these figurines put out all over the place and pictures of the animals and they're light up and it's something to see if you haven't seen it before. And if you've seen it before, often people come back again and again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a long time since I've been. Mary and I will have to tootle over there with a bunch of buddies again. Yeah. So, too fun. All right, Janet from Renton. Hey, welcome to the show, Janet, and thanks so much for calling. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi there. Oh, first of all, Brian, I, I love your place. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have that? Still have the meerkats? Yeah, we have the meerkats over in our kids' zone area. So I adore them. They're adore cute. Them. They are it's cool. A wonderful I've, place. I saw them in South Africa out in the wild. That oh. they're something to see. They're they're really cool. Very active. <laughs> so really and Cisco, did you just have a birthday? I did last Monday. I had a birthday and. Um, I even got a birthday cake on King Five covered with Brussels sprouts, <laughs> and I got my wish because I blew out all the candles. <laughs> well, I had a wonderful birthday. It was the best. I had friends sent me some. A friend sent me the coolest porcupine. It's going to be in my garden next year. It's really neat. So I. Uh, Mary gave me a great wine glass. What could be better than that? So, oh, plus yeah. a couple of nice bottles of wine. So, <laughs> well, I turned sixty-five yesterday. Wow! Well, you're a youngster. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm almost as sexy as you. Well, hey, and you're a Libra, <laughs> and we all know Libras are by far the most intelligent, good-looking, buff, and sexy people on earth. So, what can we you say? Got it. but i've got i have i may have a stumper for you i don't know uh it hasn't happened today yet but for the past four days we live in a condo we have a terrace we have a lot 
of ladybugs. Are they on the side of your house or are they on plants? No, on the side. They're going to go in your house. (laughs) Those ladybugs, you know what ladybugs do, and Brian and I are both nodding each other. What they do is in in the fall, they eat a ton of bugs and they go through a metabolic change, and they turn their bodies full of fatty oils instead of uh, uh, using them as protein. They turn them into fatty oils that are antifreeze. They fly to the mountains or the forest and find a hole under a rock or uh, under a tree, and they, they send out pheromones to all their buddies, come hang out for the winter with me, you know. So the guys that get their first day are just surrounded by a big ball of lady beetles. They're warm and cozy. The guys that procrastinate, they're like freezing their little wings off going, why did I wait? But so uh, they're, it's the state of Washington brought in a ladybug from Asia. This ladybug doesn't Uh-oh. do what ours does exactly. They go and find cliffs to uh, spend the winter on. Guess what oh. looks just like a cliff to those ladybugs? You must have the right color house. There are certain colors, they say, that attracts them most, and they think it's a cliff, huh, Brian? Yeah. yeah That's so, like a gray color. Yep, but here's the problem. They find every little crack around the windows, every crack Uh-oh. under the, around doors, anything, and come in and get between the walls of your house. And that's where they Uh-oh. spend the winter because in Asia, where they come from, Taiwan, it's not so cold. But here they go, hey, it's cold out. It's warmer in there. Here's the good news, though. Uh, you don't want to do like a flea bomb. Whatever you do, it would kill them no. all inside. And then you'd get carpet beetles eating them, and then they'd come in. So what you got to do is just let them hang out between the walls of the house. When it gets warm in the spring, they go back out and... Go start looking for bugs to eat, start new families. And um, so they'll go away on their own. They'll go out the same cracks they came in, and I don't think they'll do any damage. Now and then they get inside the living room and everything, though, and they stink. They don't smell good. So what I recommend (laughs) is if that happens, just gently scoop them up and let them go outside and put them next to somebody else's house with the same color. (laughs) They'll go to their house instead of yours, and you'll be in good shape. (laughs) Well, I'm more than willing to give them a home for the winter. Oh, that's really nice, Janet. That's really cool. They're they're so sweet and so beneficial, so... No, I'm, I'm not going to kill any of them. <laughs> well, hey, that was a fun question. I haven't had that question It's just so weird ever. to see them this time of year. Yeah, it's really odd, and that, that's a special lady beetle that was brought in. But, um, they, you know, they did a lot of good when they brought them in, so now they've, they've, they were only supposed to be on the east side of the mountains. I think they thought they'd die in a cold but it did turn out that way. They hitchhiked on cars and things over here. So we're going to have them forever. But they don't do any harm. They eat a lot of bad bugs. Exactly. And, uh, okay, I'm a grandma now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Janet, listen, I so much appreciate your call. And I hope I run into you. Come to one of my talks so I can see you one of these days. And uh, super happy birthday. 
<laughs> you too, belated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Janet. Thank you so much for that call. Okay. Bye, sexy. Okay. Bye bye. Oh, la la. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have a couple more minutes, so we're not going to uh, try to answer any more calls. But I want to remind people right away that we have a link right on the front page of Cisco.com to the tours. It, it, all we have is a link there called Fascinating Tours. But you go in there and you could see all the tours that Brian Jones leads. How many do you do? Do you know? Well, we do one different. We do a different one each month. So, so you do them all winter. Yep. So in December we traditionally do the bamboos, and we have over forty-five types of bamboo. So that's quite a wow. quite a tour. Forty-five we, types. Yeah, and we wow. learn about how you grow them and where they come from and what they diff- what the different types look like. And so, the way the people use them in every country is yeah. amazing. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're so, used quite quite a bit for a lot of different things. Another thing you'll find, too, is on our website, you'll also see that the zoo landscaping is separated in different areas. So you'll find that when you first come in the zoo, we'll have places like the southern borders where we have a lot of plants that are grouped that are from the southern hemisphere or from the desert southwest. Oh, yeah. So you'll see how we've grouped our plants by looking at the website. And uh, you're roaming around working there a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, if you go to his tour section, you'll see a nice picture of him. (laughs) If you see him out there, he'll answer any question you have. And I guarantee he will not be stumped no matter what. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) But it's... uh, and how do people, if they, now you can actually get a private tour for a group like a garden club or something, right? There is, and there's a there's a link on our website too underneath the uh, Discover tab and plants where you'll be able Great. to find that. Brian, thanks so much Thank for coming you. on today. So Point to Find Zoo and Aquarium, you got to check it out. Great light show and meet Brian. Hey, we'll see everybody next week. Keep eating those Brussels sprouts. Bye. <laughs>